0: We have a lot of guests in studio, Jason, and we had to buy extra beer for this podcast. <laughs> We're pulling an all-nighter after the election, so let's pass this around. We'll give it to our guests first. I thought this was all just so yours. For, for you guys who aren't um, familiar with, with YOLITICS, I'm not sure why you aren't to start with, but we get to crack a beer and talk about politics. We should so, uh,
1: we should say who we have here with us. Look, to my left, we have Alana Rocha with the Texas Tribune, uh, who we always turn to uh, for perspective on things uh, statewide in politics. And, and,
0: and Alana's busy though, trying to pick out the, the she sure the is best beer. I am. Alana
1: just gave me a look like, yeah, you go ahead and get the title and <laughs> all that, right? I'm busy. Uh, to her left, we've got Bernadine Steptoe, who is our political guru here at the in in Dallas and and with all of our coverage. Uh, she's an amazing woman who knows. Pretty much everything that's going on in the state of Texas, politics-wise. She is. We have Vinny Manchillo also.
0: He is a principal at Glasshouse Strategies. It's an ad firm in Dallas, Texas. He does a lot of uh, ads for some Republican candidates that Vin- were
1: on the ballot. Vinny helped us kick off this podcast with our first he ever did. episode. So
0: the politics loyal listeners will remember Vinny, and yeah. that's one of our, our best listened to podcasts talking about 2020 is going to be the year of the text, and he was spot on.
1: So best listened to, we had to say, well, let's get Vinny back. There's some magic in there.
0: And we have Deborah Peoples with us as well. She is the chairwoman for the Tarrant County Democrats. She is a fantastic voice to have in here. So welcome, and I think Alana has finally selected a brew for tonight. (laughs) What'd you get, Alana? Uh,
2: The West Coast IPA.
1: Welcome to Yawlytix.
0: The home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. I think we all need a beer after the Super Tuesday results in Texas. The biggest takeaway, I think, from the Super Tuesday results, never mind who won, who didn't perform as well, I think it was the voter turnout
1: unbelievable and i'll say this much much of the night because we've been we were together all night doing this it felt almost like a slow motion iowa was happening like where are the results and it's easy for you to think well this system is breaking down there th- something's going terribly wrong but that what ha- ended up happening was too much, I guess, went right because we had so yes. many people crowding the polls, holding up the count that they couldn't get to them. I mean, people were still voting at, what, 10 p.m.? Yeah, yes. they have been in
0: line for, for several hours. In fact, we have a phone number uh, for one person who was in line for three hours. This is a person who um, texted and said, you know, hey, we can reach out and even call them. So let me get the uh, name and number.
1: They were in line for three hours. Yeah,
0: it's uh, a woman named Laura Ann kadaris Dorset. She better answer. Hello? Hey, Laura, are, are you still in line right now to vote?
3: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we got sentenced about 7.45.
1: Right. Ah, okay. So like, give us the rundown of how this went. Where were you? What county were you in? And what time did you get in line? And what time did you finally stick that sucker in the machine?
3: <laughs> okay. So I'm in Fort Worth. So I'm in Tarrant County. Mm-hmm. We showed up there. It was almost five o'clock because I had to pick up my son from the middle school. Yeah. So we wow. just went over there afterwards. And
1: if you, you know. thought, let me just run in.
3: Right. Well, I know the, the parking lot was, was crowded. I knew it was going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know it would be that long. We finally got into the place to actually cast our our votes about 730.
0: What were the officials saying to you about why it was taking so long for you to vote?
3: They were just, um, they couldn't believe it either. I mean, there were only four little machines once we finally got into the room. Hmm. And I think a lot of it was some of the questions were worded funny, where you really had to take your time and read them carefully. So there weren't
0: enough machines, and, and maybe some right. of the, the wording and the language and the ballots. Do you, do you vote often,
1: Laura?
3: Yeah.
0: So yes. have, have you ever experienced this before?
3: I've never, I don't remember standing in line so long, especially for a primary.
1: I have to ask you this, because uh, you, you told us that you were voting in the Republican primary. We, right. w- we can extrapolate when we see these large crowds of people standing in line for the Democratic primary because there's such a, a there has been such a field of candidates there. Uh, right. You know uh, that, you know, the presidential candidate on your ballot is you know, was all right. but assured to win. What was it? Sure. Was there a particular race that made you sit through this or was it just a matter of saying, no, I get a vote and I'm going to cast that vote? Exactly. Civic duty. Just have to. Civic duty. So, So,
0: What what does this mean for November? Is it going to change how you vote? Is it going to change if you vote?
3: Oh, I'll vote because I can't complain Mm
0: -hmm.
3: (laughs) if I don't vote. Oh, you can complain. Um, Yeah, don't worry about that. You you can easily complain. Okay, okay. (laughs) Um, I will vote to cancel
0: others out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Laura, I appreciate you taking a few minutes and, and talking to us on the uh, Yaletics pod- podcast here. Sure. Uh, good sure. luck in November, too, and, and uh, hope you hope the line's not anywhere near as long as it was for Super Tuesday. I know. I know.
3: Well, I'll
0: move <coughs> early, for sure. All so right. bless you. All right. <laughs> that was better, All right, cool. Laura, take care. Thank you. All okay, right. you too. All bye right, bye. Bye-bye. bye
1: So this podcast tonight sponsored by Early Voting in November. That, <laughs> that is the takeaway here. And some allergy medication, too. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. For Bernadine. <laughs> so we
0: have, uh, you know, with us, we, we went through, uh, uh, Alana Rocha is with us from the Texas Tribune, Bernadine Steptoe, political producer at WFAA-TV in Dallas, Vinny Manchillo uh, from Glasshouse Strategies, an ad firm, a Republican ad firm, but Deborah Peoples, I want to start with you. And we heard... Reminder, Deborah again, is the chairwoman for the uh, Tarrant County Democratic Party. We heard constantly online people were talking about, oh, they only had three or four machines, and it took me forever. Why were there so few machines? So
4: in Texas, we have in our primaries, there's a Democratic primary and a Republican primary. In uh, Tarrant County, we've never had a shared primary. We always have our own separate primaries. It is based, the number of machines that are allocated is based on the past voting history. So the 2016 election, in 2016, 215,000 Republicans voted and only 105,000 Democrats. So we were prepared for an uptick based on 18, but nothing like we saw today. And so we had a very robust calling program to ask people to get out and vote early. We had 70,000 Democrats who did vote early, but we also, at last count, had 73,000 Democrats who decided to vote today. So (laughs) so,
0: it's a good problem to have there.
4: Yes, it is. What
0: would you tell these voters, though, who were probably a little ticked off? They had to wait for hours.
4: Well, there were some people that were ticked off, but there were also people that were excited and thrilled. So it bodes well for us in November. So I'm going to apologize for people who had to wait in line, but no. if our job is to turn Texas blue, this looks good for us. And I'm going to have a swig of my raspberry
0: blueberry <laughs> right now. It's red hey. and it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> hey, congratulations. Okay. All right, Deborah.
1: Hey, hey, Vinny, let me ask you this. Is this the new normal? Is this kind of a, a voter engagement the new normal? We've seen the polarization in politics. We've seen people that just with this pent up desire to vote. We saw it in 2008. 18, we're seeing it in this primary are we just going to keep seeing this
5: well you know I, it seems like we are every every election is is another record and and so you know you can love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump but you got to give him the credit for getting people engaged in politics I mean since he's been on the since he's been on the scene every election the math that we normally use it's out the window mm-hmm. so nobody knows what's going to happen in November except a lot of people are going to come out.
0: Hmm. Well, Deborah just said a moment ago that she's hoping that this translates into November. Do you think it will, this Democratic surge we saw on Super
5: Tuesday in Texas? I, I, I think you'll see all those Democrats back out, but I think you're going to see a lot of Republicans out. And the early voting numbers for Republicans and the primary voter numbers for Republicans were good. And, and that especially considering there's really nothing on the ballot. So uh, I think it's going to be massive in November. The math will be Totally out the window.
0: Well, that's a good point, Bernadine. What's your what's your takeaway from Super Tuesday in Texas?
6: Well, you know it was interesting because the caller was a Republican, Republican, and all night we were hearing about the Democrats that the Democrats had the uh, long lines because of the not having enough uh, poll places to, to vote. But she was a Republican. So I think that we will have a uh, heavy turnout in November as well. But it's very interesting because this is Texas, and Texas is known for what? The non-voting state. Mm-hmm. So I think that's getting ready to change, mm-hmm. which is good.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, because we were talking about, we joked about Iowa through the night uh, and, and how long that vote t- took to come through it was several days later that we finally had it and uh, alana you do wonder because you have these candidates who would love to get out there you know it, bernie sanders had a good night joe biden had a good night some could argue that michael bloomberg had an okay night too because he actually picked up some delegates yeah. uh, and, and was on the ballot for the first time uh does it make it hard though when texas is such a prize and there they are just waiting everybody wants to say i want it but no one could say it right away
2: right it's a a good problem to have but at the same time when you still have people in line to vote three hours after the polls closed something's not working right Mm. you know and and it shows maybe a lack of that the parties can't be nimble in adjusting to that or, or anticipate it more i mean the fact that People, well, one, aren't voting early, but two, I mean, just not planning for this and basing it off of a past election and then seeing this surge, uh, you know, I don't know that it's going to discourage people to vote. I mean, we heard from voters who were inspired just seeing the lines at the polls and it kind of invigorates them to cast their ballot. but you know repeat you know experiences like this aren't going to go over well i don't think
6: but keep in yeah. mind we had a new process as well with the That's voting right. centers
0: yeah explain it, that to deborah a lot of people experienced it but for folks who may not have wanted to vote into a, a party primary so, what happened
4: so in tarrant county we got a triple whammy a, t- a double <laughs> whammy because <laughs> we got new voting machines so mm-hmm. that was a great thing but we got one of the things that voters were worried about was having a paper ballot backup and so we got new equipment the voter puts a blank ballot in the machine afterwards he makes his selections he or she the machine spits it back out and you're able to look at a paper ballot and say these were my selections when you're satisfied you then go and put it in the counter to be counted so that was number one had new machines that this was for many times People the first time voting. And then we got countywide voting centers.
0: That's the big change. Yes. Yes. And so
4: in the past, people have been restricted to their precinct on election day. Even with countywide voting centers this time... People still wanted to go to their old voting location. Hmm. And so what you had at some locations, there was no wait. People got in and out in no time. And I got all kinds of Facebook things that said I was in and out in 10 minutes. And then you get the one that says, I'm I'm here and I've been here three hours. And so we have to do a better job at looking at that data. This was the first time we've done a countywide election with countywide voting centers. With this kind of turnout, so you know, these couple of first, I think, had something to do with it.
0: Deborah, what are you going to do tomorrow morning? Who are you calling? How are you, how are you sorting all this First out? First thing
4: I'm going to do is uh, keep calling all those folks who had to wait three hours and apologize to them, but you know, tell them what happened, but then we're going to sit down and analyze the data and look at where we did well by precinct by precinct to getting voters out, You know where we need to do better, and then we'll sit down with elections and talk about how we regroup with voting uh, machines for the runoff, and then we'll be out there talking to voters.
1: Ideally, we'd be able to sit here right now and talk about uh, you know what the vote came out to be. We had hoped to be able to do that by the time we recorded. We thought, what are the chances that we won't have the numbers by then? And well, here we are. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but still, there are some takeaways that we can glean from what we've seen tonight, not only here in Texas, but across the rest of the country. And Vinny, you made a good point uh, about Michael Bloomberg. Uh, again, this was the first time he was actually on the ballot in these places. He got to see what all of that ad money bought him. Uh, what was your Takeaway for him tonight, and 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 you shared something with us earlier about um, media buys going forward for him.
5: Right, right. He's right now. He only had media buys in place through March the fifth. And what yeah. does that tell you? Which tells me that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna wait and see. And so clearly, he's got to be disappointed because I think he thought he would come away with some some wins, or at least maybe to be able to, you know, kind of second place himself up into into contention. So it was kind of a tough night for Mike Bloomberg, and and as th- there's an old saying in politics, you, you know, you can't win a race in a debate, but you can sure lose one. Mm. And he got shellacked in that debate, and, and I think that hurt him
1: because he was doing well in the polls before we got to those
0: debates. Until we, he was until we saw
5: him, yeah. Then he was then he was done. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, You know, that giving shellac hurt him. Yeah, the
0: Nevada debate was was rough for him. I think he did recover, though. What about for Joe
1: Biden? Because we we talked about this a lot. Uh, He, you know, as he says, uh, his campaign had been written off for dead. And then he had South Carolina and and he just came charging out of the gates there. Uh, People in South Carolina really propped up that campaign. And then in the days that follow, boy, you started seeing these uh, moderate Republicans uh, dropping like flies out of the race. We had Amy Klobuchar leave. We had Pete Buttigieg leave. They joined him here in Dallas, along with uh, Beto O'Rourke, who had also dropped out of the race previously to endorse him. How much, uh, you know, we watched this this vote come in, uh, in in Texas tonight. And again, we don't have the full results at this point, but we watched him climb as the night went on. And I'm supposing, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, that that was, uh, you know, people who maybe saw that momentum and went out and voted on Election Day, where we saw him making up those numbers from early voting.
5: Right, well, I, think, I think Joe is sitting back tonight going, I love it when a plan comes together. Because this is exactly what he said he was going to do. And, and we all thought, oh, you're crazy. You know, he tanked in Iowa. He didn't do well in New Hampshire. But this was his plan all along. Mm-hmm. No one believed it could work. We're all wrong. He's right. You no, know, so, Joe so is there's, sitting there thanking
4: African American voters, or he better be. That because is Because he was in the tank, <laughs> and African American voters in South Carolina brought him back. African American yep. voters in North Carolina brought him back. When we start getting votes in tonight from the big urban areas, Houston. you're going to find that's right. right. It's African Americans. And so uh, that's who Joe needs to be thanking. He, his plan was African American
5: voters. No, and no, no, he, no he doubt. No doubt. And He might wind up winning the state when it's all counted tonight.
1: And those of you who don't know, Texas has the largest black population in the country, according to U.S. census mm -hmm. estimates now. Uh, And Alana, uh, the Texas Tribune not long ago, uh, several days ago, talked about how a lot of black voters were undecided here until the last minute. Uh, Early on, Joe Biden had their support all the way. Then, you know, there may have been some some stumbles in the campaign there, and they were sitting back and waiting and and, and trying to decide. And who knows, maybe that decision came through kind of late. Maybe a lot of people did watch what happened in South Carolina.
2: Well, I think that's what we reported. I mean, that they were sitting back and waiting to see how South Carolina played out, and if he kind of stuck to what he promised and really doing well there, and he did. Uh, And then a lot of them turned out today to vote. Uh, You know, and it wasn't just the African American population. It was a lot of people who saw such a big field and wanted to wait to see how things shook out. Didn't want to vote too early. A lot of people evidently were calling in to see if they could change their votes or kind of (laughs) cash out and, and, you know, change it. But uh, yeah, no, they definitely waited and wanted to see if he performed in South Carolina as promised. He did. He got a coalition behind him here in Dallas the night before. And a lot of people, it seems, turned out looking at the results that aren't yet final
0: but, but at the end of the day biden has to have if he's going to be the nominee has to be able to attract some bernie supporters or we're going to see 2016 again aren't we bernadine
6: i'm hesitating because i think that he will attract them. you think so i mean I think I, I, that I, he will because how at the so? end of the day at the end of the day is going to boil down to beating trump And the young voters want to beat him as, well, President Trump, the young voters want to beat him just as bad as the uh, older voters. Mm -hmm. And I think, but I also think that it's going to depend on uh, Bernie as well. Because uh, Bernie is going to have to get out there and and campaign and not just say that we support the nominee.
1: How much have have people, do you think, been in the ear of Bernie Sanders? Vinny, you know what goes on behind the scenes. Because uh, I saw someone on a cable uh, news show, I, I think it was yesterday basically trying to bait him and saying hey you know what the president is saying that it looks like uh, the democratic party is ganging up against you could you get behind a, a nominee and he didn't take the bait he said uh, i wish the president would go do his job and stay out of the democratic primary he <laughs> didn't take that bait where i think there are a good number of his supporters who would be tempted to take that bait because they do feel like that the party is turning on him
4: yeah, but that, i think well, right yeah. it depends on how senator sanders comes out <laughs> Okay, if, if he does not win the nomination, it's going to be how he comes out to his supporters that pulls them along. People, Democrats want to defeat Trump, mm-hmm. but they're going to need you know some Bernie's going to have to help with that. So
5: Bernie has already talking to him though. Well, I, I, yeah, and I think I think the the polling data from this cycle and the results from the last presidential cycle would would lead us to believe that a lot of Bernie voters are either Bernie or I'm staying home. Hmm. So I think there's a big, you know, he'd love to pull some people along if he gets the nomination, but it's just not going to happen. I I just don't think there's enough people. He's got a cap. He's one of those guys that has a cap, and and I I don't think he's going to be able to break it. But back to the the original question,
0: though. I mean, Bernie has to, I mean, Biden has to have Bernie supporters. And I just, I don't know at the end of the day if the diehard Bernie supporters who have been with him since the 2016 campaign would suddenly shift off to uh, vote for Joe Biden. Yeah,
2: we were talking about this. You think so? We were talking about this, uh, Vinny and I, beforehand on set, just saying, you know, and he made a good point, saying it's a lot easier or people are more willing to turn out to vote for somebody instead of voting against somebody. So the anti-Trump movement isn't enough to get people to the polls. They're going to need to be inspired. What that looks like for a Biden campaign isn't clear. It has to maybe be key in who he chooses for vice president to loop in that base. So
1: it's settled here, then. These two guys have to come to an agreement, Sanders and Biden, that whoever gets the nomination chooses the other for the vice president. No, I'm not saying that. Can you imagine that? But today they did some polling, and they
4: said 77% of exit polls of Democrats said they wanted to get rid of Trump. So I think that our problem, I think you all are predicting gloom and doom with Bernie supporters. I think at the end of the day, they may be hurt, but they're going to look at what happened when they stayed home in 16 and what it got us. And they're going to know they need to go to the polls in 20.
0: Well, good well, point. And, go and ahead, Bernie. Mar- you yeah, you've been trying to hop in here for a while.
6: Well, because and then, uh, Alana, when you mentioned inspiration, that was the one of the drawbacks with Biden at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's not inspiring, but he had a robust
0: turnout. But De- Deborah brings up a good point. They, they saw the lesson learned in 2016.
5: Why would they want yes. to go through that again? That's a, that's a good point. It's a fair point. Vinny? The, the big threat for, about Bernie at the top of the ticket, though, is it kills the down-ballot races, especially in places yeah. like Texas. Wisconsin, it probably helps you. But, you know, Colin Allred is not waiting to bring Bernie, the, the, the national candidate, down for a fundraiser because that'll sink his ship. He, it's a real problem for down ballot voters. Down he's ballot spoken races.
4: like a true Republican. I disagree. <laughs> I think we're going. People know how critical this election is. When I have 18 year olders and 65 year olders saying this is the most important election in my lifetime, they get it. They know they can't afford to not vote. But remember and I just this: think we're
2: this- gonna. It's gonna bode well for the down ballot. Well, yeah, but think about while. the down ballot. This will be the first election without uh, straight-ticket straight voting. Taking, yeah. right. So no. while they'll feel maybe passionate to vote at the top of the ticket, they might not go all the way down the ballot this I time. I think we've done
4: a good job of asking people to vote all the way down to the bottom of the ballot, and I think we'll be looking. You said, what, I, what, what will I do tomorrow? I'm going to be looking at those numbers to see how we did on the down ballot, mm-hmm. and we'll, that's the message we'll be telling everybody is you vote all the way down. Republicans but will be doing that, hurts, too, because they've been pushing that It also hurts message. Republicans because they have— have been voting straight Republican more than straight Democratic, so I think the Republicans kind of shot themselves in the foot by doing away with that.
0: Now, far be it from us to you know predict the end of Bernie Sanders' campaign. Remember, he has the most delegates, he has huge wins on Super Tuesday, so we're you know we're coming at it like we're uh, moderate Democrats here, thinking that Biden's eventually going to be the nominee. He might
6: not be the nominee. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Democrats will support the eventual nominee. Whoever the nominee yeah
0: whoever the nominee was. is the question was how does how would biden well let me ask you this Vinny: who, who do you think president trump would rather run against
5: well no question he'd rather run against bernie because it's the it's the biggest it's the biggest difference you know uh and i think it's the biggest biggest advantage for him it puts him in a more powerful position he's he's strong where bernie's weak and and, and the states line up really well One other thing to look at that I think is kind of cool is we might actually all watch the Democratic convention on television, Hmm. where normally it's very boring TV. It might be a pretty lively event this year.
1: You think it'll be a brokered convention? Do you think we'll get to that point? I I don't know if it'd be brokered, but I I
5: think, you know, there's a good chance that Bernie, you know, is is certainly a viable candidate going into Milwaukee. And, and Biden is. so. And is uh, Mike
1: Bloomberg done by then?
5: Uh, I, I think he is. But but the Democrats are not always so good with the brokered convention. So it should be good television. Are we, we always it?
2: talking about that? Yeah, I mean we, we I feel all, like four we years do. ago, eight years ago, we all talk uh, about a brokered convention between Cruz and Trump and all that stuff. I mean, I just feel like that's hype every cycle. I don't it always know. has a pundits. way of working itself pundits. out, doesn't it? Right. That a, gives us something to talk about. That's we
0: have right. a, a full table full of pundits and beer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we're going to talk what about? What could go wrong? Yeah. That? That's of course we're going to talk about. Come on. So we're all pausing for a swig here real quick, everyone is. Hey, I'm curious, Deborah, what what do you think about Mike Bloomberg as a chairwoman of a Democratic Party in Texas, a county Democratic Party?
4: I think he's put a lot of money into the race, which has helped to raise awareness. I know that there are many first-time voters who went to vote for Bloomberg because they, of all the money that he put into ads. I mean, he's when we left, he was hitting 18%, and they were he had to have at least 15%. And for a candidate that did poorly in the debate, that really, uh, you know, didn't have the best ground game. I mean, he ran an incredible ad campaign. And he helped
1: to raise awareness. I think that if he ends up dropping out of the race, somebody is going to be looking to snatch up his ad people, Vinny, because he's whatever you think about Mike Bloomberg. Those ads have been quick, and they've been hard-hitting,
5: and some would say effective. I I think they've been really well-made. And and from a consultant point of view, every consultant has always talked about, gee, what if we blew off Iowa and New Hampshire, and we didn't really do anything until we just poured it on for Super Tuesday? Could that work? So it was kind of cool to see somebody give it a try and pour a half a billion dollars into the effort. And quality work all, all the way around. Um, So, yeah, whoever his ad people are, Mm -hmm. somebody's definitely going to grab them.
1: Mm -hmm you think they'll be snatched up? I hope so. They did great work. What, why did you get that contract then?
5: <laughs> oh, wrong team. <laughs> well, even also, with that hey, many zeros? Hey, yeah. well, <laughs> Money talks, man.
4: Money talks.
0: Green but is green. Bloomberg
4: has also promised to keep people in the race through November, even if he's not the nominee. And so I know many people who are working for him who've been promised a job through November. So he said, I'm still going to help the
2: party no matter what the outcome is. Yeah, he'll just transfer those staffers and the network he's built here
5: in the state and and elsewhere. Benny,
1: if he had done well, do you think he would have pulled uh, some Never Trumpers along with him in November?
5: No doubt. I I mean, I think he, that's kind of his pitch. He's got that crossover, that that crossover. He's a businessman. He's from New York. He's, you know, he's a a lot like, you know, Donald Trump in in that regard. But I think he would have been a good crossover candidate. I'm already talking about him in the past tense. I think he's pulling out.
0: Yeah, we're talking about Bernie like he's done. We're talking about Bloomberg <laughs> oh, like he's no, done. Oh, no, don't count Senator Sammy's out. And yeah, we don't yeah, even no. have any results.
5: <laughs> no. yeah.
4: Listen, I'm the person we're who said don't beer. count <laughs> Senator Warren out, so I'm not counting uh, any of them right, out. Right. And, and we
5: haven't really talked about her. I I mean, you know, if you look at the polls, you know, back last year in Massachusetts, she was plus 20. Wow. She was minus eight in the last poll, and I don't know where the numbers wound up. So yeah. did she peak too early? What, what happened with her? I, I think she peaked. She may be peaked too early, but I think what she really never did was build that biographical story. You, you know, she was always kind of that, you know, Harvard professor and I've got a lot of plans and I'm going to fight, but we never really got to know her. Well, and I, I think that's important in a, this kind of election. That's Storytelling is your business. It's my yep.
0: business as well. But how important is that in the actual psyche of a voter to get them to go and cast a ballot for someone? I, is I've, it less about what they think about something
5: and more about whether they like them or not? Yeah, I think, you know, we want to say that we vote intellectually, but really we vote emotionally. And and I think in these executive positions like mayor, governor, president, we want to feel like we've got a great relationship with them. Legislative races are a little different. You can be a jerk uh if you're my jerk you know and you're making laws <laughs> mm-hmm. but but in these executive races i think there's got to be a personal connection if you
2: want to be else, able to identify with them true. if nothing yeah. else
1: you they want to have that sort of amy klobuchar quality that she was talking about the other day where even if they don't think they know you they think that you know them the voters yeah. think that you know and understand them and understand their struggles and their needs and their aspirations
5: and em- empathy in a general election is a big big deal mm-hmm.
0: it sure is. let's do this let's Let's go around the room one last time here. We're almost out of beer. We have to go find some more beer. Thank in goodness
1: because this one's just not so yeah. well. <laughs>
0: Wheeler needs a straw for his raspberry <laughs> cream ale. And earlier. an
1: umbrella, please.
0: Uh, but here's the question. What does Super Tuesday tell us about November?
4: Texas is in play, finally, after 20 years of Republicans dominating uh, in Texas, the Texas is now in play. And uh, Democratic voters are excited and enthused. And uh, I'm with you. We're going to see a huge voter turnout in November.
0: Vinny, what do you think Super Tuesday tells us about
5: November? I think uh, Super Tuesday tells us that Texas is not in play. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, we're going to have more competitive general elections than we ever have in, in Texas. We'll have them this fall. Statewide, I think Texas is solid red. Uh, you know, the, the Democrats are talking about coming and spending a lot of money. I will believe that when that hits the, the WFAA checking account. Uh, I think there's too many other things they've got to do before they get to Texas. Bernadine?
6: We will have a job in November.
5: <laughs> yes, you will. There will be plenty of advertising, I'm sure. But he's, he's...
6: No, seriously, I think that we will see a high turnout among Republicans and Democrats. And they're going to go to the polls to select and vote and get their, their uh,
2: candidate in office. I think we're going to see a huge
0: turnout. All right, Alana, it's back to you now. Yeah, I
2: think regardless of how the results uh, turn out here in Texas uh, on this Super Tuesday, I think uh, one takeaway is that Biden, you know, got a lot of states in his column uh, tonight, and he'll build on that momentum going forward and then try and figure out between now and then how to loop in the Sanders voters if he ends up racking up enough delegates to become the nominee.
0: Yeah, good good point from Deborah tonight, too. You know, Biden clearly needs to to thank the African-American voters for reviving his campaign in South Carolina, giving him the momentum to get into Mm -hmm. Super Tuesday and to win multiple states in Super Tuesday. I'm just not sure what all this means for November. Here's what it does mean, Jason. We're going to have... Uh, probably another long night. I hope there are no issues at the polls. Uh-huh. But the bottom line is, if you have this many people interested in Super Tuesday, when mm-hmm. the most, let's say, rabid—I don't—that's not an insulting word—but the most dedicated, loyal people are out to vote. Can you imagine adding in the independents and adding in the folks who maybe want to vote sometimes, or right. you know, those folks? That's going to add even more on top of it. We're going to have a lot of interest in this.
1: I think that's a big takeaway from tonight is that there is nothing predictable anymore in our politics. 2016 taught us that. 2018 taught us that. And here we are going through it one more time tonight, and we will do it again in November. Uh, I I, I think that we should probably call it a night, though, uh, so that we can go see if those results are uh, any more, any closer to coming in. And by the way, uh, a big thanks to The Ticket uh, here in Dallas for allowing us to use their studio here. It's got a glass wall, so you have probably been hearing the music just pumping out there because they just finished a Dallas Stars game right next door at the American Airlines Center here in downtown Dallas. Go Stars.
0: Exactly. I hope they won tonight. Big thank you to Alana Rocher from the Texas Tribune. Uh, thanks to Bernadine Stepto as always, from the uh, WFAA political producer. Vinny Manchillo from Glasshouse Strategies. And Deborah Peoples, always great to have you here, too. You just you add a lot of fuel to the fire in here. So
1: We're going to go see if the Dallas Stars won tonight, and then we're going to go see uh, who won uh, the, this political thing, too. <laughs> who else might have won?
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday.